we continue today this is the second leg of preparing for the new and you know that the future belongs to the prepared and there's no better way to prepare for God to bless us and to help us than to worship and then to pray. I'm going to ask you to then to bow your heads in prayer with me. Father, we thank you for the covenant by which we can come by the new and the living way and come into the holy presence of God. And we come as we are. We come with all the questions and the troubles and the needs that we have. And we ask, oh God, that you meet everyone at the point of their need today. Open our understanding. Enlighten our darkness that we may be able to see our way forward. That we will not grope and stumble and fall into the ditch just because the season is changing. There is nothing new to God. You are everywhere at the same time. And so you will help us to navigate our way forward. That your name may be glorified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept our worship. Accept our praise. Accept our giving. And bless us from Zion that we all may be living testimonies of the goodness of God to those that do not believe. Blessed is your name now and forevermore in Jesus' mighty name. And I trust everybody saying Amen. Hallelujah. It's a great joy to have you worship with us today. I know I see a lot of people come streaming in from um, United Kingdom, America, Asia. I want to thank God for you. You will not be disappointed. God has a special blessing for you today preparing you to win on the other side of this pandemic. And so it is in Jesus' mighty name. You know, whether I say this or not, that the old has passed away and the new is fast unfolding. And instead of being stormed into a state of paralysis or just foolishly hiding from this new reality, what we need to do is to prepare for it because the future belongs to the prepared. In the new order of things, the hope that make it not a shame is a hope that rides on adequate and thorough preparation. I am going to say that again because it is so fundamentally true. In the new order of things, the hope that make it not a shame is the hope that rides on the on adequate and thorough preparation. And this is the place where we're preparing for the new. This is a place that you finally, finally get to know what to do. Now let me explain how important this is to me. It goes beyond a, a service, a midweek service. It is a special assignment God gave to me. And what he said to me, what God instructed me to do is to help people get past the trauma of the effects of this global COVID-19 pandemic and to help them reinvent their lives successfully post-COVID-19. And because a lot of people Sadly, I'm just going to get buried by the myriad of problems that has come with this thing. And what is God saying about helping them? Specifically, the Lord is saying help them by showing them simple ways, simple practical ways, pragmatic ways, achievable ways by which they can win rather than become victims of this change of times and seasons. Help them, God is saying, help them to start from where they are at. So help them start from where they are because a lot of people talk about starting at the second or third level. No, no, no. God is saying to me, help them. They're important to the Lord. You are important to the Lord. That's what I'm saying. And my duty is to help you start from where you are at, no matter where you are. And with what you have, not what you would like to have. God says I should help you with where you are, from where you are, 
with what you have whilst learning what you also need to know because we all are on learning some things and we're learning what we need to learn and that's why this the this series is themed very succinctly preparing for the new and this is where i say again you will finally find out what you ought to do bible says the men of issachar they had understanding of the times and they knew what israel ought to do in fact i like the contemporary english version of that scripture is found in first chronicles 12 and verse 32 it says the, the men of issachar they knew what to do and they knew the right time to do it and they knew what how it ought to be done and how it ought to be done they knew what to do they knew the right time to do it and they knew what needed to be done and so we cannot may that blessing of the men of Issachar fall upon every one of us that we will not grope around the place and fall into the ditch in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I, I, th I thought I heard a loud amen there the men of Issachar is an anointing that opens their understanding and comprehend the times they're in and they know what to do when to do it how to do it my God the Bible says all the brethren came to or came to or came to understand that and they lined up under their command they became the leaders and as you as you're blessed in this series you will be the head and not the tail to the glory of God in Jesus mighty name um, the way this evening is going to go is I'm going to unleash our contributor because she, she has a lot to give. Okay, Kemi is going to come online, but let me let me tell you how this evening is going to go. My time is a bit rushed. We're going to start every one of us with what I call an honest reality check. Tonight we're going to be speaking to employees, employers, and top and entrepreneurs and business owners. How are you, Kemi? Good evening, sir. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to bring you up. I know you are revving your engine. You want to be a blessing. You've always been a blessing, and you will be more of a blessing today. I trust God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'll say every one of us get ready to do an honest reality check. When we come to God, we have to come honestly. And the reality check has to do with every employee, whether you're an employee, employer, entrepreneur, or business owner. And um, what you're going to do is to be honest to determine where are you at really and also then um, what do you have and what or what do you have left it is very important so that our guest and contributor can really be of help it has to when we come to God we have to come honestly no matter what it is we have to come honestly and when you do that, what you will find out is you will you will really identify where you are. So when she's speaking, you can plot yourself into every ayata um, or nugget of wisdom she's dropping, because you have to start from the right place. And then you will be honest to determine what you have and what you don't have, obviously, or what you have left, because a lot of people have lost a lot of things. And why do I say that? When God wants to help a man like Moses. What God will ask you is what is in your hand. And whatever is in your hand, he can bless and use to get you from A to Z. And even for the female gender, there's a widow of the prophet 
whose husband died and uh, all hell broke loose. And when she went to the man of God, the man of God said, it doesn't matter what happened or what you're going through. What do you have left in your house? God always seemed to know what to do with what you have or what you have left. And so don't feel small tonight because God is going to help you. He has, he has made ready a damsel of his who is, is equipped with wisdom and special nuggets for you and I. And we're going to profit from it in Jesus' name. And what, what are we going to do when we find out where we're at, what we have or what we have, or what we have left? We're going to learn how to deploy what we have or what we have left to achieve the best possible results by the grace of God. This is just beyond knowing what to do. There is a God factor which I'm going to pray about that when we learn wisdom and we align with it and we release prophetic prayers, something wonderful is going to happen. I'm done talking and I want to be able to bring up our guest contributor today. She's no uh, stranger to the house. She was, she was a member of the house, married to a, uh, a wonderful man who rightly took her away, but we still get to see her like today. And can I tell you something? When men become acquainted with anointing of the men of Issachar, Bible says these leaders knew the right time to do what needed to be done. It points to clarity. And the one thing I know about our contributor today, she has the gift of clarity. And so when God sends you people with clarity, you will finally get to know what to do. This is a point where I'm going to bring in our contributor for today. She's a lady blessed with knowledge, understanding, and wisdom garnished with unusual clarity. She's a woman of many parts, a minister of God, a virtuous woman, wife, mother, scholar par excellence, an accomplished international business consultant. She is an associate partner at McKinsey. You know McKinsey, they're so hot. McKinsey and Company. I want you to make welcome my beautiful daughter and great minister and business person, Kemi Onobanjo Joseph. I'll talk for myself. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Good evening, sir. Thank you. It's great to be back home. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I, I was at I worshipped at Grace Assembly for 10 years before I got married. So this is home. Uh, and it's a real honor and privilege to share the platform with you. Um, I've been on different different insta lives i think this is the one where my heart beats the hardest <laughs> when i got the invite i'm like hmm i know what it means to share to share the platform with you so thank you for the honor i feel very honored thank you sir god bless you uh, and i pray as you pray um and as the song at the beginning of the live stream was that god will breathe upon each and every one of us and you know in in what i will share in what um God is going to share through me that everyone will find answers to the questions in their in their hearts and find you know the right things to do with clarity as you said and do it and get the outstanding results that they hope for in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, so I think the starting point uh, and Pastor, please feel free to interrupt me or ask specific questions, but I will try to go across the different categories um, <clears throat> and really start with the question you asked. What do you have in your hands? What is your reality? I think the starting point for all of us is really where are we, what's going on? 
you know, and this is not in the context of all of the news that we hear on the on, on social media, on WhatsApp. Um, I think some of us have become experts on COVID <laughs> by by just reading WhatsApps and forwarding WhatsApp messages. You know, beyond that, you know, where are you in terms of your career? If you are an employee, where are you in terms of your business? What what is going on with you right now? Um, we always say that you know you cannot make, and as you said, you cannot make progress uh, without first understanding where you are. And you can decide to bury your head in the sand, but I've never seen an ostrich that buries its head in the sand and moves. It's not possible. You cannot have your head buried in the sand at the same time um, make movement or have progress. It's not possible. And so I think the first thing to do is really just to have that reality check and just understand where you are right now. You know, and I, I would describe what that means for different um, categories of people. The second thing I would say is just calm down. There's so much fear. There's so much anxiety. There's so much apprehension. And it's, it's impossible to make good quality decisions out of fear. It's, it's almost impossible to do that out of fear. So I would really encourage each and every one of us to calm down, shut out the noise. Um, if you have to leave some WhatsApp groups, please leave the WhatsApp groups. I don't download images on my WhatsApp anymore. I have to make a conscious effort to actually click the picture or the video to download. And there are many things that have gone unread, undownloaded, because I need to protect my mind. I cannot make a decision out of fear. And a lot of the news that we're hearing now is, is very fear-filled. Um, and so I really encourage everyone to just calm down, cut out the noise, cut out the news, cut out all of that, and really focus. You cannot do this reality check with noise around you. It's impossible. Um, and so for entrepreneurs, I think the starting point, for if for every one of us, the starting point is how much cash do you have right now? That is the starting point. <laughs> for employees, for employers, for entrepreneurs, small business owners, how much cash do you have right now? In this season, cash is super important because, and that, that could be, and I mean, I mean, it may not be cash in and of itself, like, you know, words of money that you have in your, in your house, but you know, what liquid assets do you have right now? Because that is what is going to liquid assets. So it could be things you have in the money market. It could be, um, you know, dollars you have that you kept. It could be, um, you know, treasury bills that you have that are waiting to mature. Things that you can convert to cash quickly. What do you have in your hand right now? If you have a house, that's great, but you're not going to be able to flip it very quickly, right? So I'm really focusing on, you know, short-term liquid assets. How much do you have right now? And why is that important? For business owners, it is super important because it determines how much longer you can go for. As a business owner, you have expenses, right? And the first important thing to do is to conserve your cash. How much do you have and how, 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 how does this match with your expenses? So you have salaries, you have utilities um, that you need to pay for. Maybe you're not even in your office now, you're at home, but the rent is due soon. So how can you 
um, what do you have in terms of expenses, in terms of rent? What do you have in terms of expenses, in terms of maybe some software that you use, licenses that you need to pay for monthly? You need to essentially sit down and arrange how much do I have and what are my expenses? And this is not an exercise to outsource to your accountant. I encourage you to do that exercise yourself. How much do I have and how much do I need to have for the next three to six months. And that's the time horizon I'm going to be speaking with, three to six months. Because when this thing started, I remember I was in Dubai in February, when this started, first week of February. And it seemed like it was just, it felt like a dream. The way it has all unraveled has really just, it seems like a movie, honestly. <laughs> um, and I, can, I, I also encourage you to not watch movies about things like this right now, because the, all those movies end with the world ending and you know everything ending, but the world is not going to end. So if you think you just want to ball and spend all your money and you think the world is, it's not going to end, there will be life post COVID. So you better be ready for that life post COVID. So as a business owner, do your accounting. How much do you have? And don't be, uh, in doing how much you have, do not be unrealistic. Don't put planned sales in that money of how much do you have? Because you cannot guarantee that you can sell anything right now, except you started selling. I will come to what are the things that you can do and what services and goods are still moving right now. But figure out how much you actually have and what your expenses are. Once you do that, if you will begin to see and then just multiply your expenses by three to six months. And assume that you're not going to make any money in the next three to six months. Do you really have enough cash to cover your expenses for the next six months? And those expenses include your salary because a lot of business people don't pay themselves. And that's why you're selling and you're selling, but you're broke and you don't understand why. Part of that should be your own salary. So your expenses is your salary, salary for your staff, um, the money you pay for licenses, your rent, the money you pay for utilities, just write everything down and figure out where you are. Knowing where you are, honestly, is the best place to start because once you understand your reality, you can begin to make the right decisions. As you look at, as you look at you know, what you have, start figuring out which of these costs are non-essential. If you have loan repayments, for example, this is the time to go to your bank, and take advantage of the moratorium that banks are giving now. Take advantage of the take advantage of the moratorium that banks are giving now. Sorry. Um, just so we have better video. Take advantage of the moratorium that banks are giving now to make sure that you delay your loan payments. If you have um, licenses that you're using, monthly licenses, monthly subscriptions and you're not in the office and you're not using it, write to the service provider and suspend those payments for now. If you have rent coming due and you're not there, have a conversation with your landlord and say, can I pay in a few months' time? Right? And knowing where you are helps you to now figure out what decisions you need to be making across all of those expense lines. That is the first thing you need to do. Don't bury your head in the sand. Really take an audit of your current situation and see if you have enough for the next three to six months. We hope and pray that this ends soon, but what if it does not? You need to be prepared for it. 
And then if it does end in one month, at least you have a huge cash reserve and you can now, you know, take some of that money and take it into an investment. You'd have renegotiated terms and some things are now cheaper. That's cost savings you've made. And nobody's going to ask you to return the money, right? Mm -hmm. If you have creditors or debtors actually, collect your money. This is the time to make sure that you're following up with your debtors to make sure that you've taken as much of your receivables as possible. You have to be militant about your expenses. Militant. You cannot do anything about revenues, but you can do everything about your expenses. Be aggressive about cutting down your expenses. I'm going to talk about salaries, which is quite touchy, to be honest. It's very touchy because now it's going into the space of the employees. Um, if you are not, if you see that after cutting out everything else, you cut out your bills, you cut out everything, and you still don't have enough. There are generally two ways that I think people think about this. is either you um, reduce salaries across board with you as the leader being number one <laughs> to have that salary cut. This is not the time to, you know, treat yourself separately from your people. In this time, you need to demonstrate servant leadership like never before. If you're an employer, if you're an employer, you're a manager, you're a business owner, you have people who are reporting to you and people who are, um, you're responsible for. This is the time to demonstrate servant, servant leadership like never before. You're going to be earning loyalty that you cannot earn <laughs> under any other circumstance in these times. And so if there's going to be a review of salaries, you take the pay cut first, or you take the bigger share of the pay cut, right? And then, you know, then do it all the way down. And this is something that you need to do with a lot of heart. This is not the time to be mechanical about it. You have to do it with a lot of heart, and you have to do it with a lot of um, love and humanity. And do it with openness. I think one of the things that we, as part, as part of the leadership that is required now is authentic leadership. Leadership that is not kurukere. So call your team together. And once you've done that assignment of your revenues and your costs, and you show them, it's very clear that if we continue spending the way we've been spending, we're going to be out of money and out of work in six weeks' time. So guys, should we just ball and be out of work in six weeks' time? Or can we extend it a bit more by taking a smaller portion um, to make sure that we're able to extend how long we, 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 we are alive for? It's like, you know, a touch light, for example. You can either have your touch light <laughs> at the highest level of uh, intensity and run your battery out in, in three hours, or you can reduce the intensity of that light and have it extend its, its power for nine hours. And that's the conversation you should be having with your team. How can we extend, you know, our lives and how do we survive for the next few few months? And I think it's always a three to six month horizon. And so if you're, you have to do that with your team as a collective, you have to make sure that they understand what's going on. Don't just send a letter and tell them salary has been cut. Have a joint conversation, show them the books, be very honest and realistic, and then make the decision as a team and do it with love and humanity. That's the leadership that is required of business owners and employers now. You need to lead with heart, you need to lead with openness, and you need to lead with courage, and lead by example. 
and be the first person to take the hit in the in this battle that we are in. Um, the final thing that I would say for uh, entrepreneurs is, as much as you can, the last, 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 last option is laying off. That's the last option if there's nothing else to do. And so part of the practical ways that you can make sure you don't lay people off is even after we reduce the salaries, what are we going to be doing? If, for example, we're a pure water company, or we sell, you know, actually, the, the people that come to mind right now are people that sell juices and small chops after church. I think that's something we can all relate to. And they make money from Sunday to Sunday. And right now, nobody's coming to church. How are we going to make the money? So your salesperson is, is, uh, is there. And yes, I want to continue paying you, but we're not making any money. It's also important that in that conversation begin to say, what else can we do in this time? Flexibility and adaptability is the currency for survival in this time. We have to be flexible enough and adaptability is the currency of survival in this time. We have to be flexible to take pay cuts. We have to be flexible to change the way we work. We have to be flexible to sometimes change what we're doing. So now you're selling small chops and you're selling ju juice. And it doesn't happen on Sundays again. What can we do? One thing you can do is begin to leverage technology. At this point, technology is no longer an option. It's not a nice to have. All of us have to embrace technology in a way that we have not done before. And when people say technology, you think it's some high-tech computer system. Let's just start from WhatsApp. Just WhatsApp. Do you have the numbers of the people you normally sell to? Can you WhatsApp them and tell them, oh, how are you? I'm sorry about what's going on. Of course, you can't just say, come and buy juice. I'm sorry about what's going on. You know, it's really tough for all of us. I'm still making juice. Let me know if you want me to deliver to you. This is something that you would not have done ordinarily before, but now you have to go and find your customers. And then I'm using that very simple example so that everyone begins to think about how can you embrace technology? How can you be flexible enough to embrace technology to serve your customers? How can you embrace technology to make sure you meet the needs of your customers? The people that are winning in this season are people who are taking a customer-centric approach and are saying, what problems can I solve for my customers? Businesses that are taking a customer-centric approach and thinking, what problem can I solve for my customers? Are the ones that are going to win and going to survive post and post-COVID. Because if you are not top of mind right now, you are bottom of wallet. That means that after this is over, nobody is going to remember you. You need to be top of mind so that you remain top of wallet through COVID, post-COVID, and even in the years to come. And so people still want to eat healthy in this time. People are getting fat at home. <laughs> people are getting fat at home. They are not exercising. So your juice is no longer just a nice, refreshing drink after church. You serve it as a health, a healthy alternative for people at home. So, 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 
So you rebrand oh, yeah. what you were doing yeah. and give it a nomenclature that is customer-centric. <laughs> and solves a problem that people have. So the problem that people the have current now, problem, the current not problem, problems of the past. not problems of the past. Our problems are very let different me, now. Let, let me, let me, let me uh, ask for a little help with this. So it is wrong for us to stay where we used to be because we thought we were relevant then. So relevance is changing now Absolutely. because of the terrain. Absolutely. So you can't rely on your relevance before you have to reinvent your relevance. Absolutely. You have to. You have to. If, okay. if, if, if you don't, you're, you are going to be extinct. You're going to be extinct. Can I, can I ask you that? It, you know, a lot of us are very emotional. The way things are going now, will customers... Uh, putting emotions when they're counseling the services they don't need anymore. Do you think so? I don't. I don't think there will be. So I mean, I, 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 on one hand, I said be militant about your expenses, right? So I'm going to be canceling mm. subscriptions and all of that. But even as I cancel subscriptions, if there is a service mm. provider that has reached out to me, I might think twice before I do that. If there's a wow. service provider that has you know, reach out to me and say, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? Um, even if I don't need their service now and I cancel, the moment I have liquidity, I'm going to go back to that person because they are okay. top of mind for me. So I might reach so one of the, Go ahead, sir. So one of the to-dos here is that just because you know that people may stop subscribing to whatever you're selling or doing, does not mean you get angry and cut them off. Oh, no. You have to understand that it is a necessary decision for survival they're making, but you cut their good conscience by being um, thoughtful yeah. and just letting them know you're around with them, good or bad times. Yeah. So as like you, like you being a customer for some services, you're going to re-subscribe as soon as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I want someone to hear that because a lot of people get very emotional and say, how could you not buy from me anymore? And they stop greeting the person, you know? <laughs> and then some people imagine that I will continue to do business that is not paying me that I don't need because they have been with me for a long time. I think that you need to address this thing that people are, are under a lot of pressure and they have a right to go on the path of survival that it works for them. Yeah. And it's interesting because you are also cutting off subscriptions from other people. <laughs> so if, if I am a tailor, for example, I'm going to use very simple, I'm a tailor. The, you can imagine if the, my, the person I source fabrics from gets angry at me now. That doesn't make any sense. Because right now, people are not you know, going out, they're not sending in their orders as much. And so I haven't had the need to source fabrics as much. And so it's a chain. And so as a customer, as a tailor, I cannot afford to be angry at my customers right now. Instead, I should be telling them, in fact, uh, we're going to throw a big party after this, you know, don't worry about it. I'm still here. My machines are waiting for you. Once this is over and you need to go and, you know, go out or do anything, I'm here for you. Or you begin to say, hey, I know you're going to need new clothes at the end of this. As we're going back to work, we want to go back to work, you know, looking 
I am available. And you keep the relationship. You don't have to be providing service, but you keep the relationship. At the same time, your fabric, your fabric supplier will be telling you, Madam, I know that you know things are not <laughs> things are not moving now, but you go better and we will get back on track. Well, so don't burn the bridge. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. That is very simple but very fundamental. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, somebody said, how do you collect money from debtors when nobody has money? It's very touchy. Huh? I think on this one, again, be top of mind. Because you could, when that person, you, you, can't, you just have to make sure that you're top of mind. You should have collected money before this happened but okay we're here we're here now there's no point crying over spilled milk there are two ways or three ways i think you can do go about this offer a discount and say you know again be very open and say guy it's tough you know we're all really scrambling now i know that the total debt is 100k but i'm happy to take 80k now because you understand the time value of money and the longer a debt stays the less collectible it is so you can offer a discount to get some of that money yeah. in. Continue talking to the In fact, I remember what you said. Yeah. You said we must be ready to renegotiate a lot of things. Yeah. You need to tell your bank you want to renegotiate payment. You need to talk to your landlord. And so the people owe you too. <laughs> On the other side, you, you may need to, to negotiate. Yeah. Like they say, half bread is better than what? Than no. none, absolutely. And I think now that there's still some liquidity, you can still try to, you know, increase your chances of collecting collecting some of those things and it's very clear be very honest about the situation be very honest about the situation and you know you can renegotiate um you can also just stay top of mind keep encouraging them pray for them you know we always say let's pray for our, our debtors so that you know they will also find ways to generate revenue in this time and they'll be able to meet their obligations that's right. And they already feel bad in your own case and you'll be top of uh, mind when it comes to the time they have some money. Yeah. I also hear that it's very difficult for anyone to do things all by themselves and that the new world we're going into would require a lot of um, uh, partnering and um, collaboration. Um, what, collaboration. Yeah. And so, with what is left, for instance, supposing I have a machine that I have and the machine is not enough to do everything that I need, is this not the time for us to become a little more open as to collaborating with people? Because what you have may not be enough to get stuff done. Absolutely, absolutely. I think right now the, the case, the business case for collaboration is, 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 is so real. Um, and the way to do it, for example, and I, I always want to use very simple examples. This is the time to collaborate with the person that has the pass to walk around Lagos. Because not all of us have the passes. In this same Lagos, people are walking around, you know, legally. This is the time to collaborate. So if you are, um, if you are a food seller, for example, this is the time to start thinking about how can I partner with somebody who can do delivery for me? so that I can still stay in business and be oh, happy to share some of that money. Because sometimes the reason why we don't partner is because of greed. We want to keep the whole pie to ourselves. You are going to keep 100% of nothing 
if you don't collaborate in this time. I would rather have 70% of something than 100% of nothing. So collaborate with people in your value chain. Collaborate with that person that does delivery. Collaborate with the person in another, in, in, in another area of town. A lot of us are on the island. We're concentrating on the island. The mainland, you know, they're not getting as, as much services as we are getting on the island. Can you find somebody on the mainland that you can partner with and begin to serve that market, right? Can you find people that are doing something similar, but you can come together and then reach more people? Instead of burying your head in one sand and thinking that this will pass in two weeks. <laughs> let me, let me uh, uh, be the devil's advocate here. Another reason perhaps why people don't collaborate is some of us have been in an island of our own for so long and we have not learned how to cope with other people. We don't even want to. We're too, uh, we're too explosive in our temperament and our tolerance level is very little. How do we deal with that? How can you help us deal with that? I mean, <laughs> we should have uh, we should have moved past this. But if we're still here, this is the time to change. You cannot afford. Honestly, before you had options for misbehavior, you could get away with things. You could shout at people. You could, you know, instead of paying them someone to do delivery for you. You just vex and drive there by yourself. You don't have that option anymore. We don't have the option for bad behavior anymore. We have to adapt. We have to adapt. And so, really, this is the time. I mean, I'm happy that we're Christians here. This, one of the fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering. So this is time to get on your knees and say, Lord, help me. In this in this oh, time, it's, yes. That's a oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a Lord, help me. I cannot help myself. I know that. And this is why your reality check is important. I'm too independent. I try to do everything by myself. It's not working. I can't, it's, can't, it's not sustainable. Help me to find the right partners and give me the, the tolerance to be able to make it work. If you have the mindset of expanding the pie, and that's the mindset you need to have. You, have to, you can't come into this with a scarcity mindset. If you come into this with a scarcity mindset, you will continue to hide and play small. Expand your mindset. Have an abundance mindset. And again, I can have 100% of zero by trying to do this by myself. Or I can have 60% of 100K every week. Which one would you go for? That's right. Common sense. So we cannot afford... We can customer service... You know, a lot of uh, some of us are not great at customer service. We cannot afford to treat our customers anyhow anymore. That's why I said you have to be customer centric, because our, your customers now have options. You know, customers that were not online before and only knew your shop and would come to your shop and would take whatever it is that you or your sales girl gives them now have options. Everybody is online, no matter how old they are. They are online now and they have options. And so. The way that you deliver your service has to be exceptional to make sure that you stay top of mind. Again, top of mind, top of wallet. If you are not top of mind, people will change. And even after COVID, they have found other people that treated them better. If you find somebody who treats you better, you know, <laughs> manages your order nicely, even after COVID, you will continue ordering for them. It will cover the premium. But because
once you have a better experience with them, you're going to continue with them. This is not the time to lose your customers, guys. This is the time to really make sure that you preserve what you have, your cash and your customers, because your customers are your assets. Preserve them and make sure that, you know, you're finding alternative ways to serve them. You need to go online. Make sure that you are there online for them if that's how they need to be able to reach you. Or if they say, I don't, uh, my WhatsApp is private. Okay, go and do business line. Because right now, you cannot afford to just be in one location. You have to be everywhere where your customers are. Find alternative. You don't have Um, Kelly, you have a POS, um, you don't have a bank account. It's it's not it's not what? acceptable. I bought Suya yesterday. Okay. Yes, I just want to give an example. I bought Suya yesterday, and they came to deliver two yeah. days ago. And the delivery guy, you know, was able to collect um, a transfer. Right, I was able to transfer yeah. the money to him, and I just thought about it that if they didn't have capacity to accept payments via transfer, that business is dead. If you don't have capacity to accept lost. payments online, it's lost. And this is Suya seller. Lost. How much more you that you're selling more, more essential things. So having embracing technology <laughs> is so critical. So critical. Kevin, thank you so much. Let me come in here. Uh, the technology we're using uh, is limited. Uh, <laughs> and because of popular demand, because we're just trying to surface of the subjects, I know you have a lot more you're, you would like to share so that the people of God can navigate through this tough season. It is best for us to uh, end this session, log out, and log in again so that our time starts running again. Okay. A lot of people waited for this, and I don't want us to shortchange them. They're happy to come back online. Are you happy to come back online? Well, I am. Okay. <laughs> so, Father, for this segment, and we pray that you will say, as always, you have saved the best for the last. When we come back, we're going to be armed with nuggets of truth that will transform our lives for better, for the devil to shame. We're going to come out of this glowing and sparkling to the glory of God in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, uh, all of you.